Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You can try ZipRecruiter for free. If you're hiring for your business, this is a service you want to use. Go to this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash ghost. ZipRecruiter.com slash G-H-O-S-T. ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter. It is the smartest way to hire. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, we hear calls from real people about their paranormal encounters and a compelling and disturbing first-hand look at a possible logical explanation for some seemingly paranormal encounters. One listener weighs in with their insight. That and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. Our phone number is 855-853-4802. You can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Email your ghost story to me. If you have an audio file that you want to send via your smart device, send it to Tony at realghoststoriesonline.com. Or go to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com, and submit it uh, through there. If you want to write it in, brand new website, all updated uh, to uh, look uh, very uh, 2020-ish. Uh, so we've, we've gone from... Uh, 20, uh, 2014-ish style website to 2020, which I have to say is a good thing because I go online quite often and I come across many websites that still look like it's 1997. So um, I have to say we're ahead of the times a little bit. Uh, so that's uh, that's a good thing. As uh, my mother just got her first CD player the other day, uh, we're, uh, we're doing well. So there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get a call for that now uh, from her going, I got a CD player a lot longer ago than that. I was 2002 when I got my first CD player. I guess that is true. I was embellishing a little, just a little. Tony and Sean joining you once again. Hello. Sorry, I still have dial up over here, Tony. Just getting to my GeoCities account. Stand by. <laughs> I heard that little bling. What the hell was that? <laughs> I, uh, and I... I've updated the sounds. Now it's like a. <laughs> You've got mail. Uh, congratulations. Oh, I was actually just uh, hopping over to the website to take a look at the the, the new look. Yeah. And uh, congratulations on that. Holy <laughs> man. Do you, like, that. do you have like alerts set all over your uh, computer just to like anything you do? It just makes noises. I, uh, you know, I keep track of the weather, the eight-day forecast just outside of Cincinnati. I'm planning a uh, spring trip there. Thank you very much. There's another one. You have, like, every alert. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> like my Stop dad it. and his cell phone. It's funny, like, his cell phone, like, has alerts set for, like, every damn thing. He, I don't think he knows how to turn them off. But it's, oh. he sounds like he's, like, a walking, like, news organization where it's the constant, like, alert sounders. So it's, like, boom, 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 da-da-da, anything... <laughs> It's like Jesus Christ! Could you stop with the alerts and lottery uh, numbers? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like oh great, that's uh, so you got another Fox News alert there. That's exciting. What sort of bullshit are you uh, uh, going to consume at this moment? Um, so and it's so easy to consume all of yeah. the uh, all the shows. I Good hate luck, man. I hate alerts. And the thing is, every time I uh, I think I got them turned off on my phone. Uh, they've they've changed the setting or they've updated the software, which makes you then go back and have to turn it off. But I, I try I try my best to be alert free as much as I can. But th- it's a well, battle. Tell you, 
It's a battle. I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what I did. Got a new phone a couple weeks ago here. And prior to that, I'd been with the same provider for, I don't know, 18, 19 years. And now, of course, you can change number. Well, you could for the last five, six, seven years. But I never changed my number from one carrier to another. Mm-hmm. Well, I did that last weekend and I missed some text messages because apparently when the number switches, the whole text messages may be sent to you, but they're just out there in somewhere and you never get them. And one of them or two of them may or may not have been quasi-important from said girlfriend. And if you miss a text and you don't respond, we immediately go back to high school. And well, that's fun. So on my laptop, I chose to, uh, you know, uh, with uh, iPhones, you can have iMessage uh, to link. If it doesn't go to my phone, it goes to my laptop. Yeah. So every time I log into the laptop, all the texts that I've received over the last however many hours, those are the dings. Oh, okay. So do you have a new phone number? Because the, your old number still works. Old number phone still works. It's just you just take it to you know a different carrier. And, okay, so uh, you kept the same number. Different... You just went to a new carrier. Correct. Okay. And in the technology world, which somebody tuning in may may know this like the back of their hand, but no. when they change the number from literally one cell tower to another, different provider, there's a small chance which they forgot to tell me mm-hmm. that um, you know you may miss some text messages. So a good way to do that is to link any of your other, uh, your iPad or your, your laptop to your phone to ensure that, uh, that you don't miss them. The uh, more after the fact. The but more you know. now I'm getting uh, all text message and then some. All at once. Da-da-da-da. That, uh, that message brought to you by the makers of Spam. Uh, so there's a new movie coming out. Uh, have you seen this? It's the uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which was a childhood book that was in the libraries uh, when we were youths. Do you remember that book? You know, you like scary stuff. Yeah, I know I you despise do. it. Yeah, it was. So uh, it was like this- I, I kind of went past it. In the library, but do you re- I mean every? It was like it was one of those iconic childhood books. It was like Berenstein Bears as far as its commonality. Okay. It was like it was a white book. There was like three of them, and then they had like weird, spooky um, uh, imagery on it. And it was just it was one like almost everybody read at least once. Do you recall this book though? Because it was it was very popular back then. Uh, you know, I do. I don't want to remember it again. I'm trying to <laughs> avoid the question, but thank you. Yes, I do remember. There's also an audiobook version. Oh, read by the great George S. Irving. I didn't know that. So, so you know uh, more about it than I do. Did you did you get the audiobook version, like just to torture yourself one day, or what? We're gonna let you know the answer to that question after the break. <laughs> I uh, I saw the trailer for it. I guess it, it premiered during the Super Bowl. I missed it, but I saw it online. It looks really good. The they're taking the illustrations, which are very creepy and haunting as a child, and they've really converted them well into the movie. Uh, so I'm I'm excited. I don't remember many of the stories in great detail, but but some are pretty twisted. I, I'm wondering: is this book still in children's libraries, or have they at some point said this is going to scar the children too much? They're going to end up like Tony Bruschi. Let's get this shit out of here before that happens. I mean, hell, or just keep doing it because little Tony Bruschi's—they are damn entertaining. <laughs> I mean, they grow up in life and put some riveting content out there. I just wonder. Nice. I just wonder if you can still find this in the children's library. I, I think I think <laughs> one of my daughters picked it up a couple of years ago, but I don't know if it's still uh you know if it's they they eventually put a, a stop to it. I'm looking forward to it. 
So, so the uh, announced on February 9th of 18 that they would be compiling a new tribute anthology. Oh. New, new scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, what's funny, the genre, uh, of any, you know, music or book or movie, uh, the genre for scary stories to tell in the dark, horror, comma, children's. Well, that's lovely. <laughs> There's not <laughs> getting invited in the horror section or the kids section. That was sure, always a frustrating thing. It was always frustrating when you were a kid because there wasn't much in the horror children's section. It was like this and Garfield's Halloween was about your options. And it was like, uh, and if one's checked out, you're kind of fucked if you already read the one before. Uh, choose your own adventure. Do you have any books that you, uh, that you rented as an elementary school student still in your possession? Uh, I have a lot of children's books that I, I had. Um, I think I still have some of my Goosebumps books. Um, I don't know where they are. I think a lot of them are still at my parents' house. Um, but yeah. I, I do have a lot of the, the little, little kid stuff that I had, I passed down to, uh, to Harper, uh, over the last okay. couple of years. But, um, you, uh, I know I probably have at least three when you have your annual spring cleaning or your spring cleaning that takes place in November and you just come across the most random shit. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's a, it's a book from West Dallas public library, suburb of, of Milwaukee. Uh, my hometown. I was like, son of a bitch, when should this have been returned? Okay, <laughs> April of 94. <laughs> We're good. We're that's, good. that's like the Seinfeld episode. I wonder what uh, if Mr. Bookman's going to get on you for that and what the uh, <laughs> what the fine is going to be for not returning that one on time. <sighs> uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's jump over to a, uh, a caller first time. Been listening to the podcast all day and figured, you know what? I've got a couple, a few stories to share. Um, the first one was when I was real little. This is the early 2000s, and um, I was living in this house for most of my childhood up until I was eight. And um, there was a ghost of a baby, and me and my older brother at the time were the only ones who could really see it. Because we were the two youngest, and my two younger brothers were pretty much infants. And um, so I remember that under the table in the dining room was always dirty. There was always, like, Cheerios or Lucky Charms on the floor. And um, I remember one time playing playing under the table, or I was doing something. I think I was cleaning 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 it up under the table, and um, all of a sudden there was a, a ghost of a toddler, and... I don't know if it was residual or if it was conscious or smart, but from my memory, I can remember him eating the cereal or picking up something off of the ground and putting it in his mouth. And I kept telling him, I was like, what are you doing? Don't eat that. Uh, you know, that's, that's gross. It's off the floor. Do you want to, or, and then I remember asking, this is, I've seen this more on the more than one occasion. I've seen him under the table and I would always say, Hey, do you want to play with me? I'm bored. I I have some toys if you want to play. And I, the description of the baby was at least one year old, and he was not wearing a normal diaper like Huggies, Pampers, what we have today, or even in the 2000s, you know, late 90s. You know, I know what a diaper looks like even back then. You know, like I said, I had two younger brothers at the time, and uh, so he was wearing like a rag. And he had curly hair, and pretty much that's all I can remember because that was probably 16 years ago, 
that was a long time ago. But uh, that was pretty much one of the first experiences that I've seen of, of a paranormal apparition. I always asked it if they wanted to play, and I never really got a response from it, so it could be residual. And you know, I, you know, at the time I didn't know what that was, and I and I didn't know what haunting was. And another time in that same exact house, I was probably a little older, and I was playing with action figures on my bed, and I was the only one upstairs, and uh, I hear my brother's doorknob rattle, and it shakes, and I, I'm thinking, oh, man, I don't remember my older brother coming upstairs. And uh, sure enough, I keep hearing it, and I keep hearing it, I get up, and I go to uh, inspect what's happening, and I get up to the door, and... I, I came close to opening it and, and seeing if it was my older brother, but at the very last minute, I chickened out and I ran downstairs, and then when I ran downstairs, my infant baby brother was crying and stuff, so I didn't really <laughs> I didn't really tell my parents, and I, I think I ended up telling them later that day, if I remember correctly, but uh, yeah, just thought I had to share that, I hope you feature this, because it's pretty bizarre. Uh, thank you. Have a good day. So there you go, a story of a child seeing another child and really just thinking nothing of it. I mean, that's a funny thing. And as an adult, you'd go, why is there an unknown child underneath my table? And oh my God, how did this child get here? But as a kid, that little obvious tidbit just kind of eludes you. You're just kind of like, oh, it's another kid. This must happen sometime. Mom just must shit them out. And they just happen to end up happening uh, to be under our table at any random time. I'll probably get more siblings with without notice too. And that's probably the, uh, the, uh, the, the mind process of someone who's about five sometimes. I, you know, I would compare it to being in a school setting where obviously there's 15, 20 students in one class. You go out in the hallway, you're at lunch, you see other students. You don't know from Adam, but they're in another class mm -hmm. within a very short amount of time. You're your best friends. You don't overthink it. You don't wonder, well, why, why are you here? Who are you? And I think that applies to even the, what is the, the scariest situation is this. Yeah, it's just normal. It's another kid, and you're you're interested in just kind of being everybody's friend at that point. At least most kids are, and uh, it's just just a normal thing. It's it, it's funny how you they, you look back on that retrospectively and go, wait a second, there wasn't a baby brother at that time that I that wasn't one of you. What who the hell was that? Who the hell was that Alan character just randomly? <laughs> what the shit? But yet another example of every time we, we get reflective and want to go back to just having a childlike mind of not thinking about bills or overthinking or wondering who the random child is that didn't exist seven minutes ago. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ah, the good old days. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the good old days that weren't so good sometimes. All right. Back to the ghost stories in, uh, in just a moment. Uh, you know the hiring process; it, it can be uh, it can be insane. It, 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 it I should say it used to be insane for both parties. Not only the people who are uh, who are trying to find the right hire, but it could also be just agonizing for those trying to get a job. And it still is for some folks who are not doing this the smart way. You know, it can be hard and, and time consuming trying to find a quality candidate. It used to be anyway. You get too many applicants, don't get enough applicants. You know, it, it's just yeah, the, the list goes on and on. ZipRecruiter takes all that, puts it into their blender of how they make this work, and then it uh, pours out this delicious smoothie of good of good quality candidates. I don't think that's a good analogy. 
putting people into a blender and pouring them out is probably not a good analogy to make about human beings. Anyway, <laughs> go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ghost. Okay. Here's what they do. They, uh, they send your job. Okay. That you are looking to hire for. They, you, you give it to them. They send it out to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards. They don't stop there. Their matching technology scans thousands of resumes, finds the people with the right experience, and then actively invites them to uh, to apply for your job. Applicants come in. ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates for you. That sounds horrible with my voice right now. For you. <laughs> anyway, um, it scans them and highlights them for you. That sounds better. So you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter, it's so effective. It's why 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. It's like an unimaginable thing in the past. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to their uh, this website exclusively for you guys, ZipRecruiter.com slash ghost. ZipRecruiter.com slash ghost. ZipRecruiter.com slash G-H-O-S-T. Okay? ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, got a letter here, and it's an interesting one. It's it's someone who wants to really kind of express their perspective on on the paranormal. And we get these every now and then. It's it's part story, part here's my perspective, take what you will. Uh, so I, I'm interested in hearing that. Let's uh, get into it. It says, hello, I don't have much time to edit this, so I'll try to make this as quick and thorough as possible. This is based upon true happenings in my family and is based upon a true story, my story. My kids and I have literally seen things that are there but are not human before. We knew that incestuous activity can by, by certain relatives, uh, were going on in our past and in our homes in our past. Mine, molested since infancy by my father, who did the crazy-making thing on me. I figured it out. No one else could see it. I knew what I saw. There were demons. It was my dad. I knew the difference. I'm sure the sightings were related to the incest, the nightmares, the sleepwalking, etc. I'm writing a book on this, but it won't be ready for a while. I want the information out there now so that people can begin to process it. I want people to hear this info and begin to think about the possibility of this in their own strange stories, in real families, in real communities. The darkness I speak of is called incest. Yep, you heard it right. Incest causes people who are spiritually sensitive to feel the darkness and fear, and they often may see strange phenomena as well. This type of darkness runs in families. It's sinister, sneaky, shameful, and makes people do crazy, even murderous things. It's largely hidden in families, never coming to light. I'm not saying that all cases of hauntings are someone in the family sexually abusing someone else in the family in the night, but in some cases, it may just be the truth. The symptoms of incest in a household, an incest house, can mimic other more common problems. Incest presents with symptoms mimicking several different possible conclusions, but in some cases... The constellation of symptoms leads to false conclusions, the true problem only going into hiding and being even harder to see the next time, even endangering the victims. It's determined that you may be dealing with a dangerous person in the house. You may get reports of creepy goings-on. There will be motivation for nothing to be found or a verdict of unfounded. Murder is also a possibility should you discover that family incest is a problem. Use caution. The individual sightings and phenomena may be focused upon smaller possible conclusions, which may be which may obscure the bigger, more dangerous, more sinister problem lurking in the background in private homes. Incest can create an environment for murder and cover-ups. Anyone who knows of it is in danger. 
People don't realize that for every dangerous person they're aware of in their lives, there are about a dozen more that they think are safe people who may be in this category. We should not walk around living in fear, but know that there's sometimes that these problems overlap and are related in some cases. It's more dangerous than other times, especially when more is at stake, like money, reputation, occupation, power, and position, etc. It is possible that many law enforcement agencies and investigative teams overlook many clues to incest households because of the untrained eye. You may seem to have other more scientific explanations. No one wants to suspect the cause being incest. Paranormal occurrences seem easier to swallow than incest. The age of the internet and information sharing has allowed people to connect dots in between different cases, seeing common telltale patterns in unrelated cases. Where there may be no apparent similarities between cases, each is filed away as an isolated domestic incident. When the insidiousness of the incest is realized, these demons will be realized to be the cause of many hauntings. I'm hoping that making my family's problem known, others can see the patterns in other cases, solving more unsolved crimes and mysteries. This was certainly a problem in my family. Many a little girl or wife has been killed or murdered with the terminal information she knows about daddy or brother or uncle or grandpa. This creates danger where there should be none. Bad energy begets and attracts bad energy. So long as the victim stays silent and cooperates and never calls out for help, she's safe. But when she has had enough, her usefulness has run out. Most victims know this. They may make up monster stories or fiend demon possessions in hopes to attract some attention for help they cannot otherwise attain. My theory is this. Some reports of hauntings or paranormal sightings or domestic disturbances, which are also coupled with reports of one or more females in the household experiencing concurrent hysteria or mental illness, sleep disturbances, this is a clue for smart investigators to recognize the real possibility of incest in the house. The girl, the mother, or the victims are held captive by psychosis in a world that's backwards, dark, upside down, twisted, scary, so that they cannot talk about it. Many children are born into these homes, and they do not even know how to verbalize what is going on. Very complicated, very scary, when they realize the secrets they hold could get them dead. Some victims of this are diagnosed with nighttime or sleep disturbances called old hag syndrome, night terrors, or maybe it's... Dear old pervert dad, drugging her and waiting for her to be asleep so he can do his business. His poor little victim, thinking her nightly disturbances are truly the boogeyman or monster under the bed. Each time it occurs, she lays there terrified in fear of her life, pretending it isn't happening. She may rationalize it as a nightmare or a bad dream. If she falls back asleep after the incident without telling anyone, she may form a type of amnesia and forget about it. She may rationalize it away and file it in her mind and thoughts as her imagination are not real but you'll have and retain a memory of the incidents. Repeatedly assaulted girl is awakened out of a deep sleep state of being assaulted by someone in the dark. They know it's real, but her parents and family keep telling her that it's just her imagination. If she is a mother who does not eventually suspect incest between the father and the girl, the girl will be trapped. The mother may end up being part of the problem, keeping the victim trapped in the nightmare, covering up with the pedophile father or brother by pretending it's not happening. The child begins to mental split from this and file away the memories into different areas of her mind and brain, at least three that I can name right away. The real truth, the lie, which is to be called truth, the real truth, which cannot be spoken or revealed, which is referred to as not true, and the experiences of the night contrasted with the experiences of wakeful hours of consciousness are mind-bending. These people don't molest kids with witnesses around. 
So the assaults take place when the opportunity presents itself, where there will be no witness except for the victim and the perpetrator. The best daily time is when the victim is home alone, asleep, drugged, or unconscious. There seems to be much crazy-making and mythetizing of these victims, especially in cases of long-term, multi-generational. The dynamics of this family are very similar to a kidnapper, sympathizer syndrome, or Stockholm Syndrome. In dire situations, people are understandably torn between cooperation with the kidnapper or captor, tolerating the evil so they don't sink uh, the very ship the entire situation is floating upon. If the family goes under, the child's world will also. Instinctively, people cooperate with their captors and kidnappers as long as they're dependent upon them. Bottom line, suggestion to paranormal investigators, add my theory of incest to your list of things to keep on the lookout for and to rule out while you're investigating paranormal activity within a house or family. Make sure you're dealing with the paranormal and not dealing with an incest house with sneaky demons that creep around at night while the mothers are asleep. Make sure the ghosts are not just dear old daddy creepy crawling into the kid's room to check on them, steering all investigations into the matter away from himself, making the victim play the part of the scapegoat crazy person who imagines dreams or sees things in the night. I'm not saying it is all just daddy of the dark, but it may be in some cases. Don't, don't easily rule out the resilient demons and these dark activities. Maybe a paranormal investigator may solve a real crime or two along the way. Maybe even help free a victim of abuse. Who knows? Maybe there are evil spirits animating someone in their sleep, going around extracting these dreams upon people in their beds at night. The victims do not know until morning what was real, thinking maybe they dreamed it. Everyone else in the household is going about their business during the daylight hours or public hours. Mom, dad, the perpetrators, victims, witnesses, all acting like nothing ever happened and all is well. The family dynamics need to be insightfully considered when dealing with paranormal activity cases. So that was an interesting insight, and it sounds like obviously something that very much hits close to home for the uh, the writer of this story. Something that uh, that they obviously experienced firsthand, and and you know it's an interesting thing. I mean, I I would certainly uh, think it'd be difficult if you are a paranormal investigator going out there and and looking for ghosts. Certainly, someone who's not qualified to really state, oh, I think this is going on in your house. Uh, but certainly something to keep in mind, and, and if it is certainly something that, that is suspected, uh, you know, going to the right uh, right places to to have that evaluated. Thoughts? Every family has, uh, has a story untold, whether it is a, a fun story from a fun family vacation, uh, growing up, Disney World, or something on the entire end of the spectrum, very private uh very um secretive if you will because who who not only wants to bring something like that up even knows how to bring something like that up and i think that uh there was some very interesting points there where if you are looking if you're looking for one thing uh maybe that one thing is not even there the the reasoning that this person is acting this way or in your mm -hmm. the words demons there's not a paranoid. This is something that was a very real thing that happened, uh, and it isn't actually a uh, a ghost of sorts. It is just more of a feeling. The mind will play tricks on you and reliving memories and trying to work through those. And that is um, it's a very 
very fine line when um, things like this occur to, uh, you know, to really figure out what you're ultimately looking for. Is this just a memory coming back or is this actually someone coming back to visit, to inform, to help, to hurt? Yeah. That's uh, that, that opens up a whole new fishbowl of sorts to to try to comprehend, which sometimes, you know, it's, it's almost beyond us. Yeah, I agree. I, I appreciate those insights that were written in. Thanks for doing that. 855-853-4802 is our number. Let's go to a caller. Hi. For this story, first of all, I apologize for calling so late, but it's the only time I can call. It's always busy over here. But my story happens to be where I live in these apartments back in the cove, and you don't know if they're there or not. And across from it, there's a real pretty house. And uh, we lived at a place that had a circular drive to so walk up and down. And I used to take my bird out for a walk, but I couldn't keep him out too late from his cage because he would get nervous and bite or tangle himself up in my hair. So the neighbor across from us in the pretty house would be always be sitting out um, in his chair, you know, and I got to know him, waved at him. He'd say hello. He was a really nice older gentleman. But I'd never seen him standing up. I would not come by. He's always sitting in his chair, enjoying the sunlight and everything. Well, one day, I walk out with my bird on my shoulder to let him get some sunlight and going down there. And I see my friend in his house standing in front of his house and literally standing and I waved at him he looked really happy he had a smile on his face and he waved back at me about that time my bird acted up got tangled in my hair and I had to turn around but I happened to turn back around after I got my bird settled and he wasn't out there so I figured oh he probably went in probably a little bit too warm for him well, I'd say about two weeks later, and I hadn't seen him sitting outside. So I go, and I wander, and I saw this car, two or three cars out front of his house. And all of a sudden, the front door opens up. And I go, hey, what's going on? They're carrying his furniture out. And they go, well, the one girl goes, my papa died about two weeks ago. And we come to do his estate for him. I said, really? They said, yeah. And I, but I didn't say anything. Apparently, I had come really nice close to him. And apparently, he, it was around the time that he had passed away. And he come to visit his house for the last time and let me know that he was happy because he was smiling, standing, and he waved at me. And I'm glad I have that kind of me- memory. Well, take care, and I'll pest you later. Bye-bye. There you go. The, so the, story, the neighbor... Oops. First of all, I apologize. Kill that. There we go. The neighbor that uh, that comes back to let you know that they're still around. That's uh, that's creepy. And I hate it when birds get caught in my hair, too. I have that happen quite frequently. <laughs> I- I was thinking the core. Wait, the bird came back. Just a reminder that no, he was the, the yes, neighbor. I, I, the neighbor was dead. 
I, uh, I, I think this is a uh, Halloween edition of Home Improvement. <laughs> what? Wilson. Wilson? No, Wilson. Wilson from, was the neighbor. Uh, yeah. The castaway. Yeah. Um, so Wilson was also the neighbor on Home Improvement. Okay. So, yeah, he comes back and you still can't see his face, but he's not alive. Which, incidentally, Tim, in real life, he's dead. And Tim goes out there and uh, is asking him about, you know, putting together a birdhouse. Mm-hmm. But it's not an actual birdhouse, Tony. It's more of a figurative birdhouse. And, um, you know, involving morals and such. And he just, <laughs> um, you know, he just comes back. Um, and that is kind of creepy because the actor is actually uh, no longer living. So we may actually be talking about something that may happen in the future. That'd be a great uh, reboot of Home Improvement where uh, they, they, they have the uh, Wilson character is still there, but it's it's really a ghost. And he still talks to Tim on a regular basis in the backyard. But it's it's just his ghost. I think that'd be great. And if we can twist in some other portions of our stories today, uh, it could get really dark within the Tim Taylor household. It's like, Jonathan Taylor holy Thomas. shit. Oh. Yeah, like this just took a twist. This totally ruins a childhood happy television series. Why I don't want to watch that episode of Tool Time. No, no, that would just be really, really fucked up. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, there you go. That would be a fun show to do a reboot on. I, I doubt they ever would. You know, it just, you know, I, I just, I don't see that one happening. But uh, any childhood show from uh, from that point in time that you would love to see come back as a reboot that you think potentially could be a good re- reboot go could you please repeat the question childhood television show coming back as a reboot like full house came back as a reboot uh what would be a good television show that has not returned as a reboot yet that you think would be a good one Oh, let's see here. I would go Family Matters. I would go The Wonder Years. I would go Who's the Boss. I would go Charles in Charge. It's like naming every show that existed back then. Oh, so just one? You got like one that would like legitimately have a good chance at, at, at surviving as a reboot. I don't see Charles in Charge coming back as a successful reboot. Well, uh... One of the the main characters is no longer living, so I'm not sure how that would play out. But growing I know pains. growing pains, yeah, growing pains. Um, you know, I think they're all they're all living now. They all have families. Excuse me, they're, clearly they're living, but they're all living their their adult lives. They have families. Yeah. Um, you know, Alan Thick. I don't know what you do there. Maybe he's uh, being a psychologist abroad. Um, he's and, dead. Uh, I think I, I think he just plays dead, and then Kirk Cameron kind of takes over the. Uh, the the lead of the the dad and i think realistically that could be just as successful as the reboot of roseanne or in this case the connors i think that there was enough of a following and enough of a mainstream hit Mm -hmm. uh i don't know about you but when there was the start uh with the the theme song you have that much time to run in the kitchen to get pizza and uh whatever you're drinking for dinner Get back before it starts. You know, the Connors is actually a great reboot. Um, I, I watched it last season, and it to me, it's just as funny as the original. And it, it really, it's a show that has aged well. Um, and I was, I, I enjoy the the Connors. Uh, we we do watch that one, and it, it feels like you're for just a half hour every week when it's on for the ten episodes a year that they do. 
it, it for just a moment, you feel like it's 1994 and you might just go to Shakey's after watching it and use your report card to get tokens and play uh, the, uh, the, the, the whack-a-mole or the Simpsons arcade game with all those tokens. All 25. Uh, I uh, found my Blockbuster card the other day. <laughs> Here's an idea for the, uh, the growing pains, and then we'll wrap up the program. Uh, you could have um, Alan Thicke's son, the, the singer, uh, and I forgot what his name is, but he looks Robin. Like, Robin. He looks a lot like Alan, and you can make it really, really bizarre. And you could have this theme where, like, everybody's back in the house again. Like the the kids, like Kirk Cameron and the other Seaver children, just failed at life, and they're all back living at home with Dad. But Dad is Robin, but he's playing Alan Thicke's part, and he and and he found some sort of amazing. Uh, like skin therapy, and he looks the same age as the children because in reality he would be, but he still plays the the role of dad, and he's their same age. That could be really. And they would have built-in marketing dollars because the whole show would be brought to you by Neutrogena. And it's a musical, and and Robin sings all of his lines to smooth R and B beats. <laughs> boner, boner. That's Mr. Siva. That's the new growing pain. He also died too, I believe. He Boner? Did. Yeah, I think Boner's dead too. There's yeah. there's a fine line. Boner's dead too. Uh, that that wraps up the uh, the program for today. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com. Get access to all of our bonus episodes to the program. Five bucks a month that you get that and advanced access to all the episodes as we create them. Check it out, ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Sean, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.